0: Hey there, Boss Ladies. It's Krista, and I'm super excited to bring to you Episode 3 of the Boss Lady Investor Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Boss Lady Investor Podcast, where each week we focus on an amazing boss lady and the occasional boss dude and find out how they got where they are. I'm your host, Krista Goodrich, author of the brand new book, The Boss Lady Investor, You Don't Need a Dick to Understand Money. I didn't come from money, but I did use easy techniques that come from understanding money to help me become a millionaire before I was 40 years old. My goal is to help you get there too. Each show, we give you easy steps to becoming financially free and maybe even rich. And while it may still be taboo to say you want to be rich, it's totally okay to say that on this podcast. So now it's time to sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from other boss ladies about the secret of how they, and now you, can achieve the financial life of your dreams. Today's guest is a long-term friend of mine. I've known Courtney since we were both about six years old. We actually lived on the same street growing up. And when we finished middle school, she moved away to boarding school, and we lost touch. And through the grace of Facebook and social media, we were able to reconnect a few years back and have since been tracking each other's financial and business successes as we're both entrepreneurs. Courtney is now CEO to her very own LLC. For those of you that don't know what that stands for, that stands for Limited Liability Company. But before becoming an entrepreneur, Courtney, like so many of us, dabbled in a variety of careers, including working on private yachts, being a financial advisor, working for a global customer service company, and most recently, teaching. In her current role, she is a leader in product sales, and helps other entrepreneurs to start and run their own businesses. As the leader of a sales team, Courtney frequently enjoys all expense-paid incentive and leadership trips and has also earned stage recognition at numerous international conventions. Courtney leads by example to the team she coaches, and she believes that her strong work ethic, her resilient positivity, consistency, willingness to fail forward, and willingness to say, Fuck Fear! are key to her success. Courtney is married to a fellow entrepreneur, Brad, and mom to three beautiful young children all under the age of 10. Along with her career hustle, Courtney prioritizes her physical health and enjoys spending time playing competitive tennis, running, and doing yoga. She has always had a passion for travel, exploring different cultures with an open mind, meeting new people, and anything that involves pizza and champagne. Boss Ladies, help me in welcoming Courtney to the Boss Lady Investor Podcast. All right, so I've got Courtney Neen here with me. Um, as I told you, Courtney and I have known each other since we were just little young children. We were six years old. And in the last 35 sad to say, years, Courtney's grown to be quite the badass, as I told you in her bio. So she's here with me in Daytona, and we're gonna talk about some of the things she's done. So welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you. So Courtney, tell us a little bit about your background, where you started, um, before you started doing any saving or getting out of debt or anything, just your, where you started in school, what kind of college you went to and all that good stuff. A brief disclaimer, this is Courtney's unique story. For information regarding typical results, please research Rodan Enfield's IDS. Remember, everyone has their own story. And this is her unique story. So just keep that in mind. We're super excited to hear what Courtney has to say. So let's go ahead and get started.
1: Okay. Awesome. Um, Well... I'm so excited to be here. First of all, thanks so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's super exciting. It's, I know. It's yeah. so fun after 35 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird because I haven't aged at all. So, um, you oh, know, maybe, in my heart, obviously, but yeah, so.
1: Obviously not. <laughs> we got carded tonight. Yeah, we did That's get fun. carded tonight. That is actually a true story. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, okay. So, back, I mean, we knew each other from six till high school, mm-hmm. and I went off to boarding school, actually, Quaker boarding school. Um, and was it an all-girl boarding school, or was it girls and guys? Nope, it was co-ed, and it was up in Pennsylvania. It was, um, it was something that, it was kind of my only option, and my grandparents were Quakers, so they were very excited. They had gone there, my dad had gone there, sort of the, a family school, so it was an option. Um,
0: so for anyone that doesn't know, what is a Quaker. What is a Quaker? Yeah, a okay. lot of people don't know. Yeah, no,
1: Quaker, it's a religion. It's not the Amish, which is exactly <laughs> what that? most yes. people think it is. Um, it's really a lifestyle based on, I feel like it's more of a lifestyle than a religion. It falls under the Christian umbrella, but truly the root of it is equality. Okay. Um, it, believing in simplicity, equality, um, just everybody is equal, so we worship in... Um, Meeting houses and everybody faces each other. Somebody introduces it. You worship in silence, and okay. people can speak their mind. Cool. And did they develop, in a nutshell? <laughs> right, right. Did they develop the oats? They did not. I don't <laughs> think they did because they're quite gross. i been asked too, that Like, do I have electricity? Did I grow up with electricity? Yeah. yeah. So, all um, right. So
0: you went to boarding school, which is super cool. I was just so you guys know, when she went to boarding school, I was not aware because she'd moved um, out of the city we lived in. And then I saw her dad at a football game, and he said she was in boarding school, and I was, like, fascinated because I would have loved to have gone somewhere, go to school, lived there. I was, as you were, advanced maturity-wise above our years, so living away from our parents we were both super independent would, have, would not have freaked me out, so I was super jealous and envious, and um, so now I get to hear about it all these years later.
1: So. Yay. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I, I know you said start with college, but I, to me... Boarding school shaped me more than college, probably. Right. Or it just was such a big educational aspect, um, personally, my growth personally. So I went from there to Lafayette College up in Pennsylvania. Okay. And I got my bachelor's degree there. And then I moved from there to Rhode Island. Um, I met a guy. <laughs> and I moved up to Rhode Island. And there I worked on the boats. I started out working as um, kind of cleaning Yachts. I was in Newport, Rhode Island and cleaning the boats and bartending at night and waiting tables and doing the hustle, like anything that was around there. Uh, And then I ended up getting a job on a boat, on a yacht, and I worked on um, a a couple different yachts for about a year and a half or so. Sweet. Yeah, it was good. Um, I came back from that and I went to a job fair. I had lost a yacht job out in San Diego and I went to a job fair and I became a financial advisor. At next. Morgan Stanley. At Morgan Stanley. Same so, like yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Passed all my tests. Yep. <laughs> you know, and there you go. That. You know everything about finance. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes everything. <laughs> and taxes, really. Just tax awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So. Uh,
1: so I did that for a year, realizing very quickly that was not for me. But I was really excited that I knew – I learned a lot through that yeah. experience. So I felt like I knew how to handle my own finances. I knew what was important and what to focus on from there. Right. Uh, And then I went back into the corporate yacht um, customer service, worldwide, global customer service, and uh, met another guy (laughs) (laughs) and went over. Um, He was a yacht captain, so we went, he got a job overseeing, on his boat, they were going to do a new build in New Zealand. Okay. So I quit my job at the time and followed him to New Zealand and lived there for seven months, Uh, got engaged, and got married in South Africa on the way back.
0: Doesn't that sound so romantic to everyone? She got engaged out, she lived in New Zealand, got engaged in Australia, you don't know?
1: Yep, in Australia. And then
0: got married in South Africa, and then everything was happily ever
1: after, right? Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> that, was, that was the highlight, y'all. That was it. That was the high point. No, actually, my kids were the high point. But we came back, and uh, a year later, I was pregnant with, our, with my daughter, Avery, who um, was born with a heart condition, and required, she had Tetralogy of Fallot anybody out there is familiar with heart conditions and she required open heart surgery at two months old and that was when responsibility hit Hit. real hard. Yeah I'm sure that had to be terrifying. Yes so that hit hard um, and then from there you know a couple years later failing marriage and I needed the yachting industry in 2008 right after her actually right after her heart um, surgery I got noticed that she was born in two thousand and eight. In September of two thousand and eight, she had the surgery, and I got noticed that um, I was going to be moved to part time, and so no longer had medical. Because the yachting
0: industry was falling apart, because yes. the housing industry was falling apart, and the entire economy because was falling. Everything apart. was falling apart. <laughs> yeah. So even people with yachts were having to reduce their budgets. Yeah, nobody yeah. was
1: buying million dollar plus yachts. Yeah. At that
0: point. Yeah. So.
1: So yeah, it, that took us to Savannah, and um, I had another. I had an Owen. When Owen was two months old, the happily ever after really went south. <laughs> yeah. It was no longer happily ever. after. It was no longer it was happily, happily ever. never after. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he sort of sailed off on a boat. Got on a yacht and yeah. sailed away. Yeah. Uh, no, he was good. I mean, he paid child support for the years for a couple years, and I at that point had gone back to school and got my master's in early education uh, and my teaching certification in Georgia, and was teaching third grade at the time. Um, Actually, I was still finishing my master's when he left. So um, I was a teacher for six years. Yeah, when we connected on Facebook, you were still a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was teaching, and that reality of once the child support didn't show up a couple months in a row, the reality of trying to get by, in fact, before that, was starting to haunt me of, how right? Do, how do I do this? By myself. And when he sailed off, he sailed off, y'all. I'm not kidding. Like he was, was He's it. gone. He was gone. He would send a check, but I didn't know where it was coming from. Um, so the reality of trying to make an income on or, or get any further with right, stuff. Right, right. So she started
0: to work in an industry that a lot of people will question, and myself included initially. And so Courtney started to work for Rodan and Fields was the first one, right? Yes. Okay. So Rodan and Fields, if you don't know, is multi-level marketing, and there's a lot of uncertainty about that, about what it is, is it real, is it a scam, whatnot. So Courtney's actually taken it and turned it into a huge business for her. She's been wildly successful at the um, at what she's doing, and like I told you guys in the bio, she's been to 10 paid trips for it, three of which she was recognized for her leadership. Um, she has a team of over 200, and then I believe a network of over 5,000.
1: Is that right? Uh, we ha- Yeah, I mean, you're on the network on a bunch of different teams, um, so I think that's just like a, on an upline team.
0: Okay, all right. And so she's turned it into an income where she was able to eventually leave her job and do her career as an entrepreneur, and help other women become entrepreneurs, which is really cool. And I'm actually a client of hers as well. Um, Not eight. So. That's why she yeah. got, yeah. I mean, obviously, why so, I got carded. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. All the Rodana feels makes me get carded tonight at the restaurant. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, but for someone who, again, I didn't know a lot about multi-level marketing. I'd heard, you know, all the questions about it. And she really has given me an insight to, hey, this when you look at it, everyone is actually selling something to someone else. So the structure of how it's done, in her industry, they're taking away a lot of the different layers that cost you more money and really opening it up to people that are able to sell or good at selling, want some freedom of time, and by some I mean a lot, can control their own income, and she's done that with it. So I think that's really cool. So tell us about your journey with Rodan and Fields and kind of how that started and where you're at with it now.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. And what your days
0: are like being an <laughs> entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's actually interesting because I had all the same reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, "Oh gosh, no, this is not for me. This is slimy." There, you know, I just had all these print, all the things, yeah, you hear. all the yeah. prejudgments all the about it. Yep. Um, but I trusted my cousin in law, and honestly, at that point, I didn't know another option. I was at a point in my life where I was Avery came to me and she wanted to do gymnastics and she was uh, almost five at that point and I looked at her and I had gone to the state and I had I had um, filed a child abandonment and with the state at that point or gone to them and said what can I do I haven't had any child support in a couple months I don't know where I don't even know how to get in touch what do I do and they told me a child abandonment case was what I needed to do and I didn't actually file it I had been told that that's what I could do but if a check came I couldn't process it. Right. And I thought, what? This is crazy. Uh, so I opened my mind to something I was totally unfamiliar with. And I have come to find there are, there's a lot of, de- you know, it depends on the company. It depends on what, but the channel is actually brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Cause it takes out all the advertising. It takes out, you've got this army of people that are doing the advertising, doing the talking and so much of what we're doing now too with social media and the way that the internet just everything has gone it's word of mouth and right. it's who do you know who do you trust um and it's the same as so much that you do it's you know you you're building your network building relationships yeah and
0: that was something i didn't understand about mlm was um when you get into a group like that it's you always hear okay well go to your friends and family first which everyone's like oh my But I'm here to tell you that if you go to work for a giant financial service firm, I'll leave them all a name, (laughs) they're going to tell you the exact same thing, and there's just more prestige with working for a firm like that. I'm also guessing, and I don't know this, but if I'm a doctor and I'm opening a private practice, my hope is that my friends and family are going to come to see me first, and word's going to get out that I'm a good doctor. So it's really not any different than any other sales organization or someone trying to sell something um, and so I guess, again, there's just that preconceived notion, because there were some companies along the way that were shady, but mm-hmm. this company and, and many others have proven to be not shady at all. They're legitimate companies, they have good products, and um, Courtney's one of a f- few friends of mine that have made full-blown careers out of this, and not just made it, but are thriving with it. So no,
1: yeah, I love that, and it's, it's true, because you would invite everybody to your grand opening, plus... I feel like you want to do something that you believe in. Yeah. Um, I also, for me, the personal development and the tribe of women that were around at a time that I really needed that was pretty incredible. And as a teacher, I have since become very passionate about teachers. Right. um, Just not getting paid. In fact, it was on USA Today on the front of the paper, uh, just how teachers can't afford to live in their own cities. They can't pay their mortgages. Because they get paid so low. Right. They get paid so little.
0: yeah, there's so many that are real estate agents on the side or working part time on the
1: side and it's And the flexibility is yeah, nice. Yeah. So um, for sure. So yeah, it was I think it was seven months after I started that I match my teaching salary or like my, my take home right but I also realized gosh if I could put more than five hours into this <laughs> right. on a weekly basis because at that, that point I was teaching full-time with the two kids by myself and, and doing legitimately this as your side hustle, right yeah, yeah waking yeah. up early trying to like pour a cup of coffee and stay up a little later right right um but now now it's become something that I, I just I mean the time freedom to me as you know as an yeah. entrepreneur i work my tail off. I hustle hard, but, but to be able play, to do it when I want to do it and have that all on my time, not have to report necessarily has been the biggest gift.
0: So what is a, what does a normal day or week look like for you? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, nothing's normal. <laughs> There's no normal. There's no normal. In the world of an entrepreneur, nothing's normal, but right. Um, generic, this is my week. And you know, how much freedom do you have and stuff like that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Like I, I actually, my kids are on summer break right now. So I have three kids and They're all over the place, so I've adjusted my normal to waking up at 5.30 in the morning to try to get some work done before they get up right? um, because I don't want to sacrifice my tennis. (laughs) I I have
0: priorities here. That's correct.
1: So, uh, no, I, I definitely have to be sitting down and meeting people, and I love people. So, for me, it's the perfect fit because I truly enjoy people. I enjoy being with them. So going to a networking event or going to the playground and striking up conversation. It's fun. Yeah.
0: So, and let's unpack that for a minute because what I used to run into in the financial service world was if you said you were going to a golf outing for some reason that was acceptable and that was a great way to network. And when Mm -hmm. I would say I was going to go play tennis that you couldn't miss work to go play tennis, but you could miss work to go golfing. And so I'm glad you bring that up because this is a podcast for women and for women, there's so much pressure to network the way men network. But that's not how we network. We do network on the playground. We do network at the tennis court, at the social events, at someone's bridal shower, at whatever. Like that's that's where we network. And I think there's so much overlooked on that that we, what we consider socializing would be networking for men. And so I'm just really glad you pointed that out because that is probably where you get a lot of your sales are from. The women that you network with and whatever. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, and the better thing I think to me is that the, the chance to connect with women, I've learned so much about that same aspect. And so many, I started a networking group at at the neighborhood that I live in, which is a huge neighborhood, but somehow had no networking. So I did a women, um, landings, women, wine and networking. Perfect. Yeah. And the amount of people that have thanked me because you're, if you're working and you're a woman and maybe you're a mom or a wife, or, but you're expected to do all these other things, hats, you're wearing all these other hats and you don't have time for you necessarily. And then you're isolated. Like I haven't realized that because I'm out being a social butterfly. Right, right. <laughs> but the amount of people that have said, thank you for doing that, for creating this, because I really want to meet other women in business because it isn't something. Every woman can relate to, or every yeah. person can relate to, and there's all these male functions that are exactly acceptable. like if we made
0: a women's networking tennis event. If you call it networking tennis, suddenly again, right. it's acceptable. It's networking, um, but it is it is great to have the women and wine events that, or any kind of women events that we claim are networking. It is more creating social relationships. Right. But that network does. Yeah, we don't
1: out. actually have our cards No, <laughs> and half the time
0: I forget my business cards. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if you connect with someone, then it doesn't matter, and they're going to do business with you. Um, so I, I like seeing so much of that in female entrepreneurs nowadays, so that's, that's super cool. Okay, so let's talk about debt a little bit because um, when I put out for the world that I'd written the book, uh, the biggest response I got was that people wanted to learn about how to get rid of debt. So you went to college, and... Courtney's grandparents paid for her tuition and books, correct? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of you may think, oh, that's nice. She had it so easy. And that is nice. She did get mm-hmm. very fortunate that they covered that. A lot of people have grants, student loans, parents, grandparents. However your college is paid for, outside of tuition and books, there's still room and board. They're still eating. They're still going out. So since your grandparents paid for your school, they probably paid for everything, right? And you didn't have to work or anything.
1: No, my grandparents did not pay for everything. Um, they, they paid for what was tax deductible, <laughs> which was a very smart move on their part, which right. I learned a lot from like, and am still learning from that kind of decision making. Uh, but no, I, that was all. That was what they paid for. I got a job as soon as I could. I mean, I got a job at... Papa John's. When I was fourteen, right. <laughs> as soon as I was able to, I was working. Um, but in college, I worked. I lived in the dorms my um, freshman and sophomore year, and my parents paid for the dorms because that was that was an additional. It wasn't part of the tuition. But I was responsible for anything above that. And I got a part-time job at Ruby Tuesdays and worked there. And actually, it was, it was a little, you know, I went to a school where nobody worked. Right. <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> Not many people had jobs. But then by junior year, I wanted to live off campus. I also like to travel and I like to do more. But I have always been somebody that I like the hustle to do what I want to do. When I can see that direct right. correlation, I'm in for it. And you don't
0: want to depend on someone else to control the strings.
1: Right, yeah. exactly. So by junior year, I had gotten a job at a local little um, pub, Porter's Pub. Anybody up in <laughs> <laughs> up in that area? But I got a job there, and I worked full-time. I mean, I had a full-time job there. Right. And I loved it because it became a part of my whole social culture too. Right. I enjoyed it. So
0: for the young ladies that are in college and their parents have covered a portion some all of their tuition room board whatever that's not an excuse to not work that is a nice leg up but if you're looking for a life of entrepreneurship that's the time where you have to start working and do you feel like you learned a lot when you were serving um, as to what would be <laughs> needed in the business world with relationships and dealing with customer service.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So much. And that's actually a big part. I feel like I have done cleaning toilets on the boats made yep. me realize, I mean, I, th- I feel like I have done a lot of service industry at all different levels that has me. And I've always had a mindset that you treat the janitor the same way as you treat the CEO. You, right. everybody de- deserves the same respect and that's the Quakerism. Um, But it gave me a big respect, too, when I said no to parties and the the looks, uh, you know, how all of that. Right, right. How all of that went. And I would say also that I put away money, too, at the same time. I mean, I knew to save. So you were
0: putting away money when you were in college?
1: Yep. So I was saving money, and I came out of college not only debt-free, but I had savings. I had a savings account. So that set me up for future. I mean, in my early 20s I bought my first condo nice, um, nice. after working on the boats for, for right. a year I had I had a deposit I had you know so I think it definitely taught me work ethic that lasted right.
0: okay so you bought your first condo and then and that was in Rhode Island mm-hmm. all right and then did you sell that and buy your next house or what happened after you bought your first condo
1: I did. I rented it out for, I, I bought it and I had roommates. So I, I rented to people to cover the rent while I was. So she was house hacking. So we talk about that in the book a lot. So,
0: (laughs) so, and that's a great move. I suggest that to anyone in their younger years or older years, if you need to cover a mortgage and you're able to have roommates, um, I don't know if you knew, so we're at my house, and when Courtney pulled up, there's a cottage across. I saw that, yeah. And my friend Kim lives in the cottage. Okay. Um, So I'm still house hacking this many years later. It's the the most brilliant. brilliant, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, yeah. You have an
1: extra room, and you're not, I mean. Yeah,
0: let someone rent it out. So that's what she was doing, is she was renting out rooms in her condo to help pay the mortgage, which is a fantastic idea, so I'm super glad to hear that. Yep. Yeah.
1: So I did that, and then that kind of fell into – Just the networking, you know, people, that was for a few years while I was in Newport. And when I went on the boats, that's, you know, I rented out the condo so that I had my mortgage paid for. So everything I earned on the boats was, say, yeah. money, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was easy. And then in New Zealand, when I went to New Zealand, I did the same thing. I had it rented. I rented it for a few more years and actually I ended up selling it to... After we got married, we bought a house and still had that to be rented, but then they wanted to buy it. So cool. Cool. I ended up selling it to the people that were renting it.
0: Okay. And what year – do you remember what year you sold, sold Oh, it? gosh. No. Ish. Okay. So then you – what was the next house? Did you buy a condo 2006, next? 2006, maybe, something like that. Okay. Did you buy a condo or a house next?
1: No, I bought a house next. Okay.
0: And so that was in Rhode Island?
1: That was in Rhode yeah. Island. That was in 2007. All right. So for those youngsters out there that don't
0: know, <laughs> in 2007, a lot of us, myself included, bought houses. The housing market was booming. Mm-hmm. It was on fire. Was you awesome. could buy a house and the next year it would be up 5%, 10 20% in value. And then 2008 happened, and I'm not going to tell my story because I already have. So in 2008, so 2007, you bought your house for how much?
1: Uh, almost 500 thousand. Almost
0: 500 thousand. 2008.
1: How much was it probably worth? Oh, I mean, 300 and something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 389. So, yeah. I and all of us like, at that time yeah, had the same just... situation.
0: So, so the biggest investment you'd ever made is now worth. A yes. significant amount less.
1: Significant amount so less.
0: So, did you panic? Did you throw in the chip? What What happened?
1: Well, at that point, you know, as I said, I got married. We had Avery, and then we were going to move to Savannah. And luckily, we were near, near a military base, so we could rent it out for a couple years. I panicked a lot <laughs> in a couple years when the divorce happened, and he didn't even. He hid the divorce papers under the mattress. Didn't show up for court or anything, so the house was mine. Um, and that's when I panicked. When we had, you know, when somebody was renting it, they got caught. They got deployed to another to Germany and before right. their three-year lease, and uh, definitely lost a money at that it. point. But I, I really, you know, I you, I've told you this, but I've, I've had, to, I didn't have a choice. I had to. I couldn't pay the mortgage at the time. Right. So I had to sell it for a loss and take out a loan on the loss. Right.
0: So so if you've read the book at this point, you'll know that I went through a very sad and similar story. And the way I handled it was very different. Um, so Courtney ended up paying the difference, correct, mm-hmm. from what I understand? She, which is a more noble and more responsible thing to do than what I did. Let's be honest.
1: Well, I was also divorced, and right, she not have, a, have right. my credit was an issue. That's all I had. Like there were right. there were a lot of decisions that had to be.
0: Okay, so to unpack does that, that make sure. yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> to unpack sense. that a Sorry. little bit. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. So when when I was going through my foreclosure and bankruptcy, I had a significant other boyfriend at the time, my now husband. So we were able. When I say we, he was able to purchase a home that I contributed to, but was not on the loans was not based on my income or anything. So yeah, we were, I was able to gracefully come out of that situation. Had Courtney gone the same route and chose what I chose without a significant other, she wouldn't have been able to buy a house, get an apartment. Her credit would have been screwed. And so she had to figure out a way to pay off this debt so that she wouldn't be stuck never being able to buy a home again. And so we do talk about that in the book of the decisions you have to make at that crossroad of where you at? And so I'm really excited to not excited because it's a terrible thing to hear, but yeah. but glad to hear that you figured it out. It happened, and and so you paid off debt on yeah. the house. Well, so. I just had, yeah yeah yeah. So <laughs> over ex- yeah. So explain so yeah. explain that like break it down so people understand. Like what when you moved away from the house, how much did you owe on it? Do you think about
1: when I gosh I'd have to look back, but it was thousands of dollars by the time I sold it. Um,
0: so you sold it, and the bank gave you. So okay, so you bought it for five hundred. Do you remember what you sold it for?
1: I don't remember off. Sorry, I didn't no, that's, my okay. Enough, <laughs> that's Okay, no, that's but, okay, um, okay. So I know what? I was paying a. Ha- I was paying. Like a full mortgage, basically, on what my house is now, like eight hundred dollars a month or something, to right. to get rid of this,
0: <laughs> to get rid of this. But debt. I wanted to
1: get rid of it right as quick as possible. And you'd already sold it at that point, right? Yeah. So, so you sold the house. I and had you taken st- out a loan to to sell your house. Sell my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's which go back painful, to that. Which was painful. Which was super. painful. That's super painful. But that but, at the but time, that explains child it. Child support was being paid, and right. And when they because he didn't show up, and you know he was paying what the highest child support you would you know they're like ask for this because he's gonna rebuttal and right and for a while he was working and he made a great salary as a yacht captain so right
0: so he was paying for a while so okay so she sells her house and there's a balance owed so for those of you that don't, don't understand she had a mortgage on the house and when she sold it she owed that entire mortgage back because the market had tanked so bad she had to sell it for less than the mortgage was right so then she had to take an additional loan just to cover that mortgage so that she could sell it, so those people could have the title free and clear, and then now she's got a loan on a house that someone else lives in and owns, and she paid it, and it took right. you probably years? Yeah. Yeah, years, and you didn't die.
1: I did not. You didn't starve to death. I just paid more. No, nope. Your children I, didn't get yep. sold off to slavery. They did not.
0: So you went through a really hard time.
1: It was, but it was also something, like you said, that I had to sit down with, I mean, I was, I feel like. I was responsible with, and I asked for help. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing is mm-hmm. like, I am willing to ask for, I asked for help with my dad and with my, you know, uncle who does tax it. Like, what is the best? Cause I got a big tax gain from right. that big loss, but um, what's the best option? And because of that, it would be so long. And I was completely on my own. Like you said, I couldn't rent. I yeah. couldn't buy a car if I needed one. I, could, I basically wouldn't have been you able been, to do yeah. Yeah. anything on a teaching salary. Right, right. Um, and I, again, I had savings, so I blew through some of that to put right. towards. <laughs> right.
0: All right. So it's when all fun. this is going, no, it's not fun, but it happens. And it's, and again, the, that was a, about how old were you?
1: Well, that was right after the divorce. It was like so in the first year of the divorce. So a little older. Yeah. 33.
0: Okay. So 33 years old, you haven't done anything, been financially yeah, responsible. Been paid, yeah. And then all of a sudden this burden hits and it could, and so many people would have taken this and it would have set them back into a mental spiral that I'm never going to make it out. I'm just going to teach forever. I'm going to, but you didn't do that. You took it and you were like, I'm going to pay this off and I'm going to move on and I'm going to make my life successful. And that's what you do with everything. And that's what I notice on Facebook about you a lot. Yeah. So, so that happened. So that means you probably don't invest in retirement plans. Right.
1: Oh, no, I absolutely have a retirement plan. I've okay. never, yeah, and yeah. I still max that
0: out. So. And so when this was all going on, were you still investing in your retirement oh, plan? Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. I was. And so um, do you feel At like
1: Morgan Stanley, At I Morgan Stanley. There you go. <laughs> as a financial advisor, didn't you learn that compound interest? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, the
0: compound interest. All right, so this house debt, you got it paid off. You paid it month by month. Did you have to take any extra? And I did
1: take a lump sum out of my savings. Like I did. Okay take a big amount out of my savings. So you saved all money. That's why I'm money. like, I'm not sure exactly how, but it was But the, that a loss. And then it's only, it, I mean, it was recently, it's, it hasn't been paid off for long.
0: <laughs> okay. So when, but when you took that lump sum off, you had all the savings that you'd worked for 30, not 30 years, but 20 years, whatever right. to save. And then at that point where you like, well, screw it. I'm not saving anymore because here I am. I saved all this money and now I just had to get, I threw it away. So I'm not saving anymore. no
1: I was I mean I was Ben I was a little bit upset for a little bit but then I was (laughs) and I was kind of like I'm never gonna buy houses again or I'm never gonna get but no I was just telling you tonight at dinner like I need to get in real estate again yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so do you currently own a home yes I do all right so so that fear of never owning a home again didn't actually stick with you you paid this debt off and then you bought another
1: house in Savannah Georgia right I did buy another house, and in fact, I bought that other house prior to paying off, paying off the other one, but I did it with a bridge loan, and, um, which is sort of when you're not making enough money, but your credit is, is good, is really good, then they will allow my dad co-signed with me on the bridge loan, and they let me do that to get this house, which... Our real estate agent still says is one of the best deals he's done in the you know in the landing so or where we live.
0: So you didn't let any former issues set you back from continuing to move forward.
1: No, I mean you got to live
0: in the present, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So all right, so tell us about your credit card debt. Credit card debt. So I put everything on a credit card actually, but I pay it off once a week. Right. Um, Once a week. Oh, yeah. not once a
0: month. Oh, I like that. No, once so a week. So she said once a week because once a month is too hard, right? Yeah, that's yeah, too much. It's too it's much. Too big. It's too much. Yeah. We spend too much. So overwhelming. Money. <laughs> Family of <Yeah. at> five. <laughs> yeah. like, Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. Cannot it's too process. stressful.
1: Yeah. No, I um, I yeah, once a week I go in and I look at it and we pay that down. But I like the points. I like to take advantage of. I mean, we just stayed last for th- night. For the record,
0: she hasn't read the book yet. She's going to die when she reads it. Oh. Carry on. No, I have. <laughs> we, we talk just... about paying off your credit card for points and stuff. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. So I just, I mean, we stayed last night with the family in Jacksonville just for like a night because we, with our Marriott point, right. you know, with our right. points. And I like that flexibility of saying, you know what, I'm going to spend this money anyways. As long as I'm going to be responsible about it, I'm going to pay it off. I'm going to take the bonus on yep. all on the people that aren't necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank They're you gonna all to people that don't pay and it lot. off because it helps us. And I yeah. don't want, I mean, I want everybody to pay it off because everybody, it's such a cool thing. It to, is.
0: Yeah. So. we're airline
1: miles for my business. So I have one business credit card and I've, we have a personal, like a family card that we put everything on. Right. Okay. So you have two cards. One that helps you with travel. The other helps with family travel. And I manage our family one and pay it off once
0: a week. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So when you got through your, when you were going through your divorce, did you take any credit card debt?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I did. Okay. I did, and that's one of those funny things that like again, I do love and I don't necessarily think that everybody needs to be a financial advisor, but I did start to pay attention more. Um kind of that, oh, look, I have control of this or so there's all these different things I need to to be aware of. Like awareness is huge, I think. Mm-hmm. So with the credit card debt, I put things on my credit card that I could have paid cash with, but at the time I wasn't sure when, if I would ever get another check or right. how that was going to work. So yeah, no, I definitely, there were times when I had more debt, I was not paying it off once a week. Right. I was paying what I could. I was paying that awful interest rate that I oh, never it's so wanted horrible. to pay. Yeah, it's so horrible. <laughs> oh, so bad. But, um, as soon, I mean, that's, that's when I looked for a, for a side hustle. That's when I'd rearrange things. Um, and so, as an entrepreneur with a side hustle
0: that was in multi-level marketing, these are all very scary things for so many people. How much credit card debt do you have now?
1: No. None. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. So now you're. I mean, it depends on, on what you yeah, yeah. did on the way home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so. no, on an no, on ongoing basis, no. So you're 40 years
0: old, you have no credit card debt, you're investing in your retirement plans, you've got a house that you're working on paying off. So do you sleep well at night? And you've got a job that gives you flexibility and freedom. I sleep great at night. And when you I, were in struggling or when there's difficult situations and money wasn't right, did you feel like it was sleeping wasn't as good?
1: I did, but you know what? I I don't know. I believe I, I have always had a belief that like I'm gonna work it out. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it happen. Like That's whatever it. it takes, I'm gonna go get another job. You know, there were times when I called up my husband my I was pregnant working as a bartender, you know, right. and, and teaching and or I my cousin gave me side work to do at home. Like I feel like
0: You can the, always find Yeah, something. there's
1: a way to figure it out if yeah. you want to figure it out.
0: That's why I worry about so much with the, the girls that I talk to that wanna be entrepreneurs or they wanna be out of debt, but they also want now, now now. Like I don't go and buy coach purses. No. Yeah. <laughs> Never. You and I are just not those people, and that's fine if that's your thing. like I like boats. We've talked about that. Um, I really, really like boats, but I only buy a boat when I can afford it, yeah. and if you looked at my lifestyle, you'd think, oh, she should be able to afford a boat right now because it looks like that, but until I have the cash to buy a boat, I don't buy a boat, and I think it's so fun to hear from someone else that, like you said to me and what you wrote to me, like. I'm not. If I can't afford it, I'm just not going to buy it.
1: Well, that's know? a big thing. So there were a lot of, like, cutbacks, too, that, I mean, I cut my cable. I cut eating out ever, and, you know, there were t- – I didn't do – the kids didn't do activities. We went out and played at the park. We They don't have new clothes. I got hand-me-downs. I got hand-me-down uniforms. I found – I go to the second hand. I have no problem. Like, my favorite clothes are from Walmart. Like, right. Like, I <laughs> – Right. Just got, um, and in fact, funny. I just, <laughs> I just earned an incentive from RNF, which I've. It's my fifth or sixth time earning a thousand dollar Nordstrom shopping spree. Nice. You better believe I would never set foot in a Nordstrom the first <laughs> time I won it, and this time that we were in Jacksonville and they have one, and we went and we got school shoes and we got <laughs> red black shoes because I can use that money that would have been spent on those items that are necessities. Like right. you have to have all gray school shoes. You right. Know? Right. To travel, which is my passion. Like right. I want to do things, the experience is what I really love. But the same, I mean, there's creative ways to
0: make everything manipulate
1: work. everything in your favor if you're willing to do the like workaround, the work around yeah.
0: work. Yeah, no, no, it is. It's even like with the credit cards and stuff, like yeah. you have to manage all the different things. And we had over Christmas we'd done some stuff with credit cards that we didn't even know. We had a thousand dollars towards Amazon. I thought Santa Claus came to me, and it, we still have $695 of it, and it's been since December. Most people you know, if they had a $1,000 Amazon credit, that would last a week, yeah. maybe, you know, but I think it just becomes a habit of, if I can't afford it, and like, yeah, if, if something happens where if someone gives us a Home Depot gift certificate or something, we're like, sweet, and we buy something we need, mm-hmm. not something that we want. And then if we have excess to buy what we want, that's fun, you know, yeah. like, that's cool. So, yeah. But, right, and
1: we treat ourselves, I mean... I feel like all the time we're doing fun stuff or it's not, I don't feel deprived. No, not
0: in any way. (laughs) But
1: that's funny you say that about the Christmas because we, I've paid for Christmas always through, even in the toughest times, through points. Right. Until this is the first year we switched to, to doing hotels, to doing Marriott because that was how I needed to ensure that I would have money for Christmas was to put everything on my credit card throughout the year.
0: Right. Right. So that
1: then that wasn't like a big, huge expense.
0: Right. It was something that was manageable.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: But it's, I think it's super important also, like you and I are successful. We're financially successful. We're emotionally and spiritually and mentally and physically successful. And, but we also aren't, um, I talk about divas a lot and (laughs) I'm, I'm sure, like in tennis, you're, but I say we all gotta we all have our own inner diva, so mm-hmm. you're probably not gonna buy a Walmart tennis racket. Just a guess.
1: I did just buy my first tennis racket ever. <laughs> so, I just took hand-me-down tennis. Racket. I, well, but yeah. Full
0: disclosure, her dad was in the tennis industry, so yes, she had I a little did, bit of an. In. It like, <laughs> but, but no, I
1: know what you mean. Yeah, yeah so
0: I'm in sure. certain things, you're gonna buy
1: travel or experiences. Yeah, experiences. My, like that's my diva. Like I yeah. will go out to dinner and pay for. Like I don't even think twice about it. Twice yeah. about. It. Yeah. Because I'm with, like, those are experiences are definitely But it's limiting
0: high. it to, so when you have, we all have our inner diva, and you've got to limit it to the certain things that, that are really important. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm like, oh, let's go out and buy, the you know, a $30 bottle of wine, which I'm guessing you and I both are like, oh, hell yeah. no. We're not doing no. <laughs> that. $9, and I feel like I'm a big yeah. night, Oof. you know. <laughs> I've just moved up from the $5 bottles not but a few years ago. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, but it's, it's that controlling that everyday, like, I don't go through Starbucks five times a day or one time a day. If I go to Starbucks, it's a treat. It's a special event mm-hmm. for me. Um, it's Or a business meeting. Maybe someone wants to meet there, and so I'll do Starbucks for that reason. But most of the time, I'm brewing my own coffee. Mm-hmm. and you me know, too,
1: I, yeah. Yeah. And, and I eat at home. I eat at home. I, I, I mean, unless again, unless yeah. it's a business meeting or you're meeting somebody out or something.
0: Yeah, were well, we were talking at dinner, then saying we, we all – and my husband was there at dinner too and we were all talking about how we pack our lunches and we okay. eat you know sandwiches for lunch and we could again by all standards afford to eat anywhere we wanted for lunch, but that's not how you keep that standard. I was
1: going to say, yeah. I wouldn't have this, yeah, no, I yeah, definitely wouldn't. And breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I feel like, that's, I budget. Like, I we yep. have a budget, and yep. if I've gone over this much in my budget, then, you have to cut it I'll out I'll somewhere else. This, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that that's a super
0: important. Yeah, I think that now, again, the younger generation, and we were all the younger generation at so some point, but we all want now, 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 now we want immediate gratification. And, it's worth the wait. Like if I can't, if I can give any bit of information to people, it's worth the wait. Don't just blow it all now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you've created this business. It's going awesome. Um, if you want to follow her on Facebook, it's Courtney Neen.
1: Um, it's nine, but
0: well, I pronounce it wrong. <laughs> nine. <laughs> but if I say nine, you're going to spell it N I N E. So yeah, the way I pronounced it, it, was phonetically better. N <laughs> E I N. Uh, but you can follow her and see the different things that she does. And the different awards that this, and just see that this is a true live, um, well, it's not live; it's being recorded, but um, (laughs) podcast. And these, this is a real person. So when you, at the end of the day, when the business is done and you're ready to start pouring your energy into giving back, what do you want to do? What where do you want to go with that?
1: Well, I will say one of the reasons I do the business, and one of the reasons that I work so hard now, I feel like. I I hashtag myself pinch me life all the time because I feel like I am living this pinch me life. I get to be with my kids. I have this balance. I am, I've worked really hard at being like spiritually, emotionally, you know, I do a lot of personal development, but I am happy. Like I am happy, but I want to pay it forward. I want to give back. So that's ultimately, I want a legacy. I want a school in Africa. I want, I mean, I really, and we do a lot, the kids and I do a lot right now. Um, they do them. I'm trying to get little entrepreneurs. We do right. them, name stands, and you know all those. all the things. But um, right now we have a pile of backpacks that we're stuffing for. But I feel like, to me, service and giving back, and I know that's you too. That's yep. your heart too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the coach person. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's how can I make other people's lives better by yeah. being a part of their life is hugely important to me. Um, and I think so.
0: I talk about that money is important and not necessarily having a lot of it, but for, I think, what you and I want to accomplish on the grand scheme of things, it does take money to get to Africa and mm-hmm. help children and build wells and get clean water and all the things that they need. And so that's part of the drive. Sometimes people think it's greedy or selfish, or but it's not. Like, it's not just to have a nice house or a nice car. It's to help other people that don't have that ability for whatever
1: reason com- confounds them. So... I- that's so interesting that you say that because I also held a lot of guilt, you know, when you you talk about my grandparents paid for tuition, and I held so much guilt because the boarding school, which I talked about, I lived as a minority on a hall for a year, and it was that Quakers are very much into the equality, so they have a huge scholarship fund. Right. And it was the first time I had ever been around people that said that... I was the minority. I mean, I was not only the only white, but I was like economically like in a different place. And it was such an interesting, I just listened for a year. And that year of listening led me to so much, but it also led me to a lot of guilt. And I always had this guilt of like, oh, I think I have to hustle harder to prove that like I have a work ethic, even though I have money, like even though there's money and I got my tuition paid for that kind of thing. And um, I feel as though, at one of our conventions, um, a guy from TPG who sits on our board got up there, and he said he kind of released it all when he got up there, and he said, "The more money you make, the bigger impact you can have." Right. Correct. And I love that. And he's so right. The more I want to chase right now, I've got what I need, and it's pretty simple. It's right. not. I've got like my. We family. could end it right now.
0: Like call it call it a day. You could go back to the teaching job. Everything's situated right now, and you could have a decent retirement mm-hmm. and live. But that's not enough. No, like you want to give more to the world, not to just yourself or your children. And
1: that's not going to come from yeah the lemonade stand. <laughs> you know, but it's so so that's really what drives me right now, and to give it back to teachers that are doing, you know, to people that want it all, or right. women too that want to wear all the hats and right be able to and have the time, freedom. I think of everything, but yeah,
0: cool, cool. Okay, so our fun questions. All right, so. Oh, here's a fun question that's not part of our fun questions. But, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Outside of your wealth, how do you take care of yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually?
1: I actually – so I wake up at 530, as I said, um, and I do I, – I have done personal development. That's a huge part of at least our company. It's a, it's a big thing. And I have recently gotten into – my word of the, of the year was to get – or my idea of the year was to get more spiritual and, and to figure out um, – a deeper spiritual meaning. Right. And so I listen to headspace every morning, which I love for a quick meditation. Um, I've been listening to audio, um, audible, you know, whatever's on there, Oprah. Right. uh, She does some great ones, um, with her wisdom of Sundays. So I listen to that as I'm making my coffee, I drink my green juice, (laughs) my greens, (laughs) amazing grass greens. And then I always, I keep a grateful journal. Do you do that? Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. I'm terrible at journaling. I
0: journal through my books.
1: All you have to do is five things every day that you're grateful for and be like super specific, not as though I have, you know, I have a house or I have like very specific. And that has made me, and I've been doing it with my kids at dinner. We sit around and we do grateful what they're grateful for too. Okay. And I feel like it's changed the whole mentality of the way the kids are thinking so the whole day they're thinking about what are they going to get to say at the end of the day for For what what they're they're grateful grateful for for. yeah so instead of thinking what am I not getting it's all about what do I have like what do I not have what do I have so I feel like I start my day by writing and it's usually the day before but it's like you know Owen came up and gave me a hug right and you know out of the blue or it's very specific aspects some days it's like the Heat of the coffee in my cup and my Yeti, you know? But <laughs> right. just appreciating right. all the little the things little that things. we take for granted in a day. And I think that I work a lot on, I believe positivity and happiness is a choice. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I agree 100%, 1,000%. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: I work a lot just on making sure that I instill that in myself and my little humans that I'm raising. And that you're making that choice every day to be positive and happy. Right. That's awesome. And it is. It's a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice every single day, every single day. I mean, just today, I left my phone, and (laughs) instead of being all upset, I left my phone in my husband's car, and I didn't realize how tough that was going to (laughs) be to track it down. He was heading north. I was heading south on ninety five. And I feel like a couple years ago, or ten years ago, I would have been really mad and, like... Freaked out it about it. It would have it. ruined my day. Like, I'm having such a bad day. Everything's happening to me. Right. And instead, I was like, oh, there's a fun adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how I can handle
0: this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, five fun facts. And it doesn't have to be limited to just one person per an- or one thing per answer. So, woman, women that you admire the most. Oprah. Yeah, she's pretty badass. I love
1: Oprah. Yeah. She's my yeah, she's my top probably. She's number one. Uh, all right. Favorite self help book. That one's not just one. <laughs> <laughs> I and I didn't used to listen or I, I more listened I listen. I
0: listen. I listen as well. But, um, yeah.
1: Anything Brene Brown, Jen Sincero, like how to be a badass, badass yep. with money. Yeah. Yep. Uh, badass making money, I think it is. Rachel Hollis. I Rachel really Hollis, like. great. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, love her. She spoke at our convention. She oh, did awesome. she? Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, and Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Although I cannot yeah. stop pushing snooze.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: still I haven't got I either. It, <laughs> there's man. Listen,
0: we can. There's so much self help out there. You can yeah. only pick so many of them that you have to do. You know.
1: <laughs> I still love her, but I cannot do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. And you, five thirty people, like Rachel Hollis is a five thirty person too, and I'm like. I feel like my days go really later than everyone else's. I'm not a five thirty. I'm a seven thirty. But I work later at night. I feel like. Well, so. all my
1: people are up by seven thirty.
0: Yeah, so I, don't there, have, I, I don't need have like people. that little
1: bit of time before anybody else needs me.
0: Yeah, when when Tiana was little, yeah, when I had little people, I got up earlier. But now I don't have little people, and I yeah. the sun, I wake with the sun. It shines in my. Room. Mine's
1: new. It's only been. I mean, it hasn't been. It's been like less than six months. But it, I feel like it's changed. It a does. and it, it's nice to have that help me start. mentally. Yeah, yeah. Um, all
0: right. What's your favorite hobby? I think I know this one. Oh, uh, no, I don't. <laughs>
1: oh, I, well, I mean, travel is a hobby, if that counts as a hobby. But tennis and cooking, I think, are two. And I don't cook anymore. But oh, You should. You, you should know, was a tablet. chef or cook on the boats, and I loved it. Right. When the little people are older.
0: <laughs> and so Courtney and I played tennis together growing up. And we were neck and neck for a while, I felt like, but then she pulled ahead. And so... Yeah, we should jealous. have brought racket. Yeah, no, we sh- no, we should not have because that would just be a failure, and I don't. <laughs> no, don't yeah. failure. I mean, no, That'd no, she doesn't want me feel failure from her. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what's the last thing you did for fun?
1: Um, God, every day I make sure I do at least a couple things for fun. There's never a day I go to sleep and there's not fun today. uh I mean, chasing my husband down. <laughs> no, but no we, uh, we brought the kids to Top Golf. That was so much fun. Right. Yeah. You and so Colin were saying, fun. I've never been to Top Golf. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You have to. You would love it. You're competitive. It's so Yeah. Fun. I've heard it's really
0: fun. All right. Cool. And then, bucket list item. What's one thing that's still left on your bucket list item that you haven't checked off yet?
1: Oh, there's a ton. I mean, my bucket list is huge. <laughs> but the one thing that I am so excited to do is bring the whole family to Africa. Yeah. That's yeah. my main, like, do you want to go to
0: South Africa? Or are you going more Congo? No, I one? want to
1: go Kenya, Tanzania. Kenya, Tanzania. That's where yeah. I spent time when I was in college. and Cool. That's like the... You know, I mean, everywhere over... The, it's, it's just the eye-opening. Yeah. For um, those of you that haven't
0: been to Africa, it's absolutely... Both of us have been, and it's fantastic. It's the most amazing, magical place on the planet. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, you, you know, so many cities, it, you don't see... Jo- it was just such a reality check to yeah. me. Just like a... Wow. How this different is, it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We have no concept. So. All right. This was awesome. I hope you had fun doing it. it was she, so Courtney fun. was a little nervous coming on. I talked about terrified. terrified. No. Terrified. <laughs> not terrified. Is <laughs> she not amazing? I so enjoyed reconnecting with Courtney and having her on the podcast and learning her story. It's so fascinating and so interesting. And I'm so proud of her. I hope you guys enjoyed it hearing what she had to say as much as I did, and got some useful tips out of it. If you did enjoy this podcast and want to learn more money tips on how to get out of debt, start saving, start investing, retirement plans, and more, then my brand new and first book is available on Amazon. It's The Boss Lady Investor. You Don't Need a Dick to Understand Money, I'm really proud of the book, and I worked really hard over the last year and a half to jam-pack the book full of useful information. I hope that you'll consider purchasing a copy for either yourself or an important boss lady in your life. And if you happen to do so, thank you in advance. I love you for it. If you would, give me a review, as that's how we help get the word out to all the other boss ladies in the making out there, so that they can start to live the financial future of their dreams. I look forward to talking with you guys at our next podcast, but until then, keep learning, keep reaching for your dreams, stay amazing, and just know that regardless what challenge and what obstacles you may face, I believe in you because boss ladies, you got this.